This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Hey everybody, welcome into the situation room. I'm here with my co-host Gabe Ferguson. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm Jordan Coe at Raven Sit Room. And uh, Gabe, we are here in Las Vegas back for the third year for week one. Um, excited to be here. Uh, big win for the Ravens and a uh, big win for me. I put a little action down on this game. Um, trusted in the Ravens and they came through. Yeah, we were um, we were talking about the night before how much we thought was appropriate to bet on the game um, to see if it was, it was going to be a scary kind of you know, close game, or were, were we um, feeling really confident about it? I think we ended up being confident about it, and it worked out for both of us for that. So, love to see a big Ravens win in Week One. It's fun being here in Vegas, seeing you know all the all the stuff going down, all the all the action on on these crazy games. Did you see that the Browns won on a 58-yard field goal at the end of regulation? I didn't know it was at the end of regulation like that. That was that was very close. No, I didn't. I didn't see that it was. I, I knew that it was late, but I didn't realize it was a, with time expiring or that it was that long of a kick. There was the kicking in the NFL this week was about as bad as my fantasy team in in the matchup that we had against each other. Um, there were a lot of missed kicks that were pretty important um, across the board. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see if that's just a byproduct of it being early in the year or kicking continues to get worse and you know the Ravens continue to show some kind of value that they've got in um, in Justin Tucker because, you know, he's so automatic. Yeah, I mean, special teams, they make a difference. A lot of these close games came down to a, a missed kick, a bad snap, I think, in the Steelers-Bengals game. They didn't get the, the, the timing on that on that, that field goal there. Um, and, and then the Steelers go, and Doink went off the off the side of the, the post, and, you know, they end up winning the game, but missed kick after missed kick after missed kick. So glad to have Justin Tucker for sure. Yeah, and miss kick in the Titans game too to lose the game. <laughs> um, ballsy for uh, the Giants to go for two there to, to kind of go up for the lead too. So um, you know, fun stuff in the NFL this week. It was it was a good one. It was a it was a good game for for Baltimore, and it was good to have kind of it was good to have football back. And you know, I think you know it all started for the for this team with the defense. The, the Ravens defense was just flat out dominant. Um, a bend don't break mentality i think um in a lot of ways they they were keeping everything in front of them they weren't going to let them get beat deep they were going to try and use pressure to keep everything underneath and and it worked yeah it was um i mean week one so i felt like it might have been a little bit vanilla like you said a little bend but don't break but we saw some interesting things i think um but like you said um defense was really good especially that defensive line and and i guess the outside linebackers too you know we, we talked about it in, in kind of like the preview of, for the season about how we thought the defensive line was you know one of the strengths of the team and, and they really showed it in this in this game and you know maybe not the best offensive line to go up against they had some players missing uh for the for the jets and obviously you know flacco is a little bit of a statue back there but um they really hounded him the entire game and i think you know the 
they probably played a little better than even the box score showed. There's you know a couple like ticky tack penalties that that one of them wiped out a sack, um, but it it was just a overall really good performance I think from from the defense, especially up front. Yeah, I think two of them were uh, on third down stops as well um, that extended those drives a little bit. It did seem like the Jets ran a lot more plays, but, you know, it's it's pretty hard not to be happy with, with that kind of defensive result, even even giving kind of that talent disparity that you mentioned. Yeah, Flacco threw the ball 59 times, um, like 5.2 yards per attempt. So, you know, that that's a good number to be at for the Ravens. Um, and... I don't think it's going to be like that every single week, but if you can, you know, have that kind of secondary where you're locking things down in the back end and you have the guys up front, it's going to be hard for teams to consistently move the ball against this defense, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought we saw, you know, the a little bit of rust on, especially from the offense in the first half, in, in the first quarter. They it, it just, it felt like it was a little stuck in the mud to get started, and uh, I, I was certainly sweating out that bet a little bit for the, the first quarter and a little bit into the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the questions we also had. Um, how's the running game going to look early? You said rust. I think that was a big part of it. There were some issues with um, the run blocking, some execution things. Um, and then by the second half, it started to work its way out. You know, they opened up the passing game a little bit, um, a little bit more passing on first down, I think, as we got towards the end of the first half. Um, and that helped kind of, you know, just make it a little bit more um you know dynamic i think there's a little bit more i'm not they, the jets weren't quite sure what was coming their way especially with um you know Flack, or um i almost said joe flacco <laughs> lamar jackson taking some shots over the top um and getting some big completions so i think you know this offense we were not quite sure how it was going to look but overall you know especially into the second half i was i was happy with how they performed i think it's only going to get better too yeah, and it's interesting because the Ravens have a lot of guys that are going to be coming back. I mean, we, we already, you know, J.K. Dobbins, I think, was missed in this game sorely. Marcus Peters will be a welcomed addition back with, with some of the injuries that came up. But um, you got Nick Boyle also who didn't play, Ronnie Stanley. So the, the Ravens have reinforcements that are on the way, um, which which feels good to kind of know that they've got um, Tyus Bowser as well. Um, you know, coming back, Jabo, geez, mm-hmm. the list is long. Um but, you know, the team could look much better or much different later in the year and, and have that opportunity, which is which is really nice to see. But, you know, that left a lot of Ricard and Stevens and, and Harrison kind of taking on roles that we might not have expected when we came into week one yeah, this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the thing that may have stood out to me the most was um, how much Brandon Stevens played as basically an outside cornerback for the Ravens. He was basically their third corner. Um, he was on the field a lot. Um, I think it were 50 snaps, and he played mostly just outside corner. Like, I know that he played there in the preseason, but I think a lot of us were thinking that he would be a little further down on the depth chart than where he was. And I think he played well in this game. You know, he had a couple of nice, you know, pass breakups. Um, he didn't look like out of place or being picked on in coverage at all. So I was pretty pleased to see him, you know, play um, at that level. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be needed. I mean, we we. You know, you you know we're going to have quarterback depth issues at some point during the season. It's nice to see um, his development. And it's also nice to know that you can give a moment to Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis to kind of get settled in and get adjusted to the speed of the NFL game. Um, 
But overall, you know, you, you got to be pretty happy with how the secondary played its way out. We saw Marcus Williams coming in for that interception. Um, lots of punch yep. outs. You know, we you were seeing that on the regular as as part of the approach. And I think the Ravens have always been a little bit like that. But uh, it's good to see them kind of turn up the aggression on that. Um, and it really paid off. I think Clark had a punch out. Michael Pierce had a punch out. Um, you know, there was one play where Humphrey, you could tell Humphrey was trying to rip the ball out of the guy's hand and didn't really make the tackle. But it's nice to see Ravens defense looking like the Ravens defense again, um, especially after what we had to endure last yeah, year. I mean, I think that really the past two years, they kind of struggled to force these turnovers. And, and this game, it was nice to have um, two. And they, they were pretty close to getting a third, um, obviously, with the, the fumble that was recovered by the Jets. But, um, yeah, that was that was good to see. And... It's going to be fun to watch. I think um, we might see a little bit more zone coverage this year than we have in the past, which might lead to more turnovers in terms of you know interceptions, being able to have your eyes on the quarterback, and especially if the defensive front can play the way it is and, and force some, some ugly passes. Um, that's, that's what we're hoping to get on the back end is, is some bad throws that lead to turnovers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's just – it's one of those evolutions where, you know, especially with this defense and, and who is out on the field for those different snaps, I think, is going to be kind of an interesting part of, you know, how, how all this tracks. We saw Kyle Hamilton out there for a good chunk of snaps um, throughout this game. I think, you know, that's certainly something certainly something that's kind of important to keep an eye on. Um, Patrick Queen playing the entire game, which was, you know, a pretty big development overall. So kind of some of these snap counts overall, I think are going to be, are, are certainly going to be something to keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think it will change over the course of the season. Like you said, as players get back in, Bowser gets back, if Ajabo comes back. Um, Travis Jones, obviously another reinforcement. Um, you know, one of the rookies that we really liked in the preseason, I think he's going to have a pretty big role, but um, it's, it's good to have the kind of depth I think that the Ravens have as one of the hallmarks of, you know, the kind of roster building that Eric DaCosta has been doing over the past few years. And it showed up in a game like this when a lot of your top players were not even available and they still had a very dominant performance. So that's really nice to see. Um, you mentioned Hamilton. One of the things I was interested in seeing was how he was going to be utilized. I think he was utilized pretty basically. He was basically just like your third safety. There wasn't a lot of like blitzing of him or like kind of playing in the box. It was, it was kind of just standard, uh, kind of a you know basic third safety role um a little bit in the slot a little bit of free safety um i think he played well he and he missed that one tackle um out in the flat on that crazy um play to garrett wilson where he he made two i think it was him and stevens he juked pretty impressively and that's just, that's a good play but and i think you know that's something we saw in the preseason with hamilton too he missed a couple of tackles so hopefully that's something that can be cleaned up over the course of the season and i think maybe he will have an expanded role too with some more um things where depending on the matchups you have I mean the Jets didn't have any particular like dangerous tight end for instance I think that's something that Hamilton could be used if you're going up against like a Travis Kelsey or a Dawson Knox or something you know a player that's a little bit more dynamic in the passing game I think he can be really utilized in in that type of coverage uh, assignment I think he's going to be good in that role I hope yeah, and we saw a lot of we saw a lot of rookies getting meaningful time for the Ravens, which is not something historically that it feels like John Harbaugh has let happen. But you know, we saw Hamilton play a significant role. Linderbaum obviously taking all the snaps at center. Good to see him coming in and being healthy. Isaiah likely 
not a great game for him, but a lot of usage. So it's good to see that the Ravens are kind of willing to, to lean in and use him there. Um, I think, you know, and obviously Jordan Stout, you know, as a punter, play, played pretty well. The one one punt was a little long, um, and I'll kick, I'll kick into the end zone, and I'll kick his coverage on another. But otherwise, pretty solid game from him, given the weather um, and that terrible punt that we saw from the, the Jets punter. It goes to show you how much of a difference those can make. So it's nice to see a rookie class that, that has this kind of impact, and there's still upside kind of behind that because you've got Pepe and you've got Jalen Armour-Davis and Kolark, you know, who – also is another guy that could be coming back, Travis Jones, who you mentioned. So it's good to it's good to see a, a draft class that was highly touted having this kind of impact this early. Yeah, and um, you know Linderbaum, I think there were some issues maybe in his pass protection in this game, um, going against you know a pretty good defensive line. Uh, Quinn Williams is a very high draft pick for the Jets. He's a good player, um, and you know he got beat a couple of times I think there, but for the most part, you know when I was rewatching the game, I thought he was pretty impressive in in what he did um in a, as in a run blocker um he looked like he was very athletic he showed some power um you saw him on the move a couple of times um you know there's a screenplay that the ravens called i think it was one of the better executed screens we've seen out of the ravens in quite some time um and that's something that i think we might be able to see more of we have an athletic player like linderbaum out there um you know it was a really interesting play, and maybe we could, you know, dive into that a little bit deep, deeper because two things caught my attention in that play. One was Lamar Jackson under center on that play, and we, we saw that a few times in this game, um, and it's something I think, you know, was a point of focus in this offseason, something they wanted to do a little bit more with Lamar Jackson. So seeing him under center, um, it, I think it worked out very well when, he was, when they were doing that. Um, it allows for a different type of play-action look. And it allows for, you know, your a different like expectation from the defense because normally this team has been in shotgun almost entirely for the past, you know, four years with Lamar Jackson. So you're seeing some looks that you're not necessarily expecting, and it gives the Ravens an opportunity to take advantage of what a team might not be expecting. And I think, you know, what I like about it also is that it lets the Ravens use these multi-tight end sets more effectively. We saw a couple different times when they were under center. I, I think that in both cases, in two, at least two of the cases, you had tight ends on both ends of the line um, when Lamar was under center. And you, that gives you kind of that flexibility of kind of being mirrored. It could, the play could go left or the play could go right. You don't have some of the tendency that you get in pistol. Like, when you're in the pistol, I guess you can go both ways. But when you're in the shotgun and you've got the running back next to you, it, it, you are giving a little bit of that away. Um, and then, you know, Lamar just looked really good on those boots. I, I, I mean, I've been I've been a long proponent of wanting to see the Ravens put Lamar under center, let him get some of that naked boot action because he's going to – teams are either going to have to start to come up on that and defend it and give him a big throwing zone or they're just going to have to leave the cushion there and the Ravens are just going to regularly be able to take – five, six, seven yards on the regular, get yourself in good down and distance situations, and then you, you can use all those things that the Ravens are good at to take advantage of those situations. Yeah, I mean, take advantage of Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Not that they don't do that already, but use it in a different way. And, and we, we've seen, you know, boot action be kind of a staple of a lot of NFL offenses, and it's been very successful for a very long time, and that's the reason why it's there. Um, you can get... Lamar Jackson on the kind of like naked bootleg where you have, you know, just like maybe one man to beat um, and you and you can just use his 
use him as a runner. Um, and you then obviously you can also use that in play action, and you can have a couple of guys. You can have you know one the the under route, the check down, and then you have kind of like a levels where you have you know people coming and across at different levels, and that's something that you know we've seen a little bit here and there. But I feel like you just have so many more options um, if if you use that, um, and it's it's something that. I like seeing, you know, once or twice in this game. I think it should be a bigger part of the offense moving forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens unleash that and, and you know, what advantages that brings to Lamar. I, I mean, and I just want to take, you know, a, a moment to kind of <clears throat> give Lamar some credit. I, I, he had a, a, a really good game. Um, and if it wasn't, you know, the throw that was the interception was not a great throw. I think he was he shorted it because he didn't want to throw it into that safety. Um, and it was a bad decision, and he just kind of lofted it up there. And the game was already kind of out of hand and over, so um, it wasn't necessary. But, you know, you had a couple good throws um, that resulted in drops that would have been first downs or close to first downs and kept the chains moving. And that really kind of stagnated things early on. What you know, and the trope of Lamar not being able to throw is old and tired, and I'm over it, so I don't want to talk about that. What I do want to talk about is Lamar's effectiveness in the pocket. He was his pocket awareness in this game was phenomenal. Um, on the Duvernay touch, the second Duvernay touchdown, he climbs the pocket when he feels the pressure. There was that other play where he ran for the first down. I still don't know how he got out of, got out of there, um, but he, you know, he's always good, had good pocket presence, but um, it's good to see him having that trust to be able to climb up in the pocket it felt like there were times last year where Lamar was booting out and you know on his own because he he just didn't think that the protection was going to be there um and that confidence early in the year to match kind of his ability to have that presence is I think going to be a big one for the Ravens yeah I, th I think you know the protection in this game was was pretty good um I think they did bring or leave an extra blocker in quite a bit in this one you know Patrick Ricard was used pretty extensively um he played a lot of snaps in this game. He was, he was used a lot as a pass protector. Um, and I think he played pretty well in that role. And, you know, we don't know when Ronnie Stanley is going to come back. Obviously, um, you know, one of the big, you know, fallouts of this game was Joan James going down. Um, and he's towards Achilles again, which is really sad for him. You know, he worked hard to get back on the field. Now he's going to be out, you know. This might be the end of his career, honestly. I mean, I don't want to say that, but, like, it's tough to come back from that injury a second time. Uh, so I feel really bad for him. And, you know, he was, I think, playing pretty well. Um, I think it's um, it's going to be a little tougher depending on um, how long Stanley is, is out for. With You know, I think Patrick McCarry came in and played okay, but he's a little bit more limited, I think. So the protection, hopefully, is going to improve with Stanley getting back. In the meantime, they're going to have to, you know, probably – leave a lot of you know six man protection seven man protections you know we even saw a max protection on the bateman touchdown in this game um, they pr kept eight people in to protect um, and there's basically just a two-man route and um, boy that was that was such a nice play to see um, that was also another play action shot and it's th that's the kind of thing that we've seen at times um, you know we had a long completion for touchdown to Marquise Brown last year, I think in the Denver game was a very similar type play where you had, you know, just like a two man route and, you know, just use that speed to go over the top and, you know, Lamar just put it exactly where it had to be. And I was impressed by Bateman on that play because he looked fast. You know, he, I was impressed by his speed. It's more speed than I probably given him credit for. If you told me that was Hollywood Brown running that, I would not notice. I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's a really fast guy running on the field. Yeah. And, and Duvernay looked, much better than what we've seen in terms of some routes, in terms of catching the ball, in terms of 
what he's been able to contribute as a wide receiver. Obviously, two touchdowns make it easy, <laughs> easy from a splash perspective, but it's nice to see them being able to kind of rotate some of those guys in there and, and see them have a role. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about the overall scheme. You know, we could talk about both offense and defense, but, um, you know, let's start with offense since we're, we're talking a little bit about the wide receivers. You and I are still pretty annoyed by the Ravens' desire to stay bunched up and tight constantly all the time. And it doesn't seem like that's going away. Um, and when you're not executing, it doesn't leave you a lot of room for error. And I think that's what we saw in the first quarter of this game. Obviously, the execution picked up, and we saw a lot of improvement, I think, in the running game in the second quarter um, or the second half. Um, and once they got into that, it allowed them to get into rhythm. That's part of, I think, what opened up some of those deep shots. Like, all, all those things kind of came together. But... Um, you know, I think we're we're just going to, you know, we all just are going to have to live with it. We're going to get more of the same and, and slow and steady from Greg Roman. And, and there's not going to be an evolution on on his part. Yeah, the, um, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me in this game was the use of personnel, um, especially on offense. Um, they rarely had three uh, wide receivers on the field. I think it was maybe like maybe five or six snaps the entire game that they had three receivers. Um, and that's a kind of a big deviation from where they've been in the past couple of years. I mean, they've never been like a big 11 personnel team, but they were at least, you know, 50% of the snaps. They were, you were seeing three receivers. Um, and this game, it was a lot of 12, a lot of 22. Um, it depends on how you want to call Patrick Ricard in this game. Do you call him a fullback, a tight end? He probably played more snaps lined up as a tight end than as, as a fullback. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, as, as the, um, he was used a lot in line, uh, kind of as the Nick Boyle replacement, um, and whether that's in pass protection or in, in run blocking. Um, so that is going to, you know, when you're in those heavy packages, it, it's going to bring in more defenders into the box. Like that, that's kind of what happens when you have these especially condensed formations. Um, and like you said, it doesn't give you very much room for error if your if your blocking isn't you know perfectly executed because you have nine guys who are there you can you can you know make a play pretty easily and if you're not getting a hat on a hat then it's going to be tough sledding. But when we saw that open up um, with with the long passes with the better execution, the running game looked good. So I'm not opposed to heavy personnel if it if it's working. Um, and I think what the thing you want to do is make sure you are mixing in a good amount of play action mixing in a good amount of maybe formational adjustments where you're splitting out your two tight ends. If it's likely an Andrews, you can split them out and you have them as, as flex into the slot. And we saw that a lot in this game. We actually saw, um, I think Andrews and likely were 80% outside of the formation when they were playing. So like they were almost always playing in the slot and that gives you that ability to obviously be a very good flexible passing offense even with the tight ends on the field which is exactly where the Ravens want to be I think one of the other things that I like that the, the and one of the advantages to these tight situation the tight kind of formations is that it does let you do some things laterally it's part of it, it's somewhat surprising the Ravens haven't been a better screen team because because of some of those formations but I think we saw it on um the first play of the game when when um Rashad Bateman comes across the field um, laterally and you know you have a lot of room to work in those situations and if you can make a guy miss um, or even use those angles you're, you're still picking up decent chunks of yard underneath and kind of staying on down a distance and I you know it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens kind of fold those pieces in along with it but it but it did one of the things that you just said it did feel like the passing game opened up the running game a little bit in this game and 
I hope that's something that resonates with Greg Roman a little bit because I think that, that those passing mentalities, even out of those running formations to start, um, will let force teams to alleviate out of the box a little bit, especially if you've got a guy like Rashad Bateman just running by these defenders. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I was hoping to see a little bit more of in this game and that we didn't, and I hope it's something that's you know in the in the play calling you know box somewhere down the line is the Ravens running the ball out of spread formations because they were almost entirely running the ball with these kind of like condensed like you know seven eight people like on the line of scrimmage um and you know getting some decent you know runs out of it eventually but if you can you know have the 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 defense much more spread out and you have players like you know Kenyon Drake who's pretty explosive I think as a running back and, and J.K. Dobbins when he comes back you're going to be able to really you know, use that speed, and if you can beat one guy when you have a six or seven man box, it's going to allow you to have some explosive plays in the, in the running game, and that's something that I would like to see from this from this team. Especially, I think when you don't need to have the fullback on the field so much for the pass protection um, or the tight end for pass protection, and you have Ronnie Stanley back out there, then you can really spread teams out more, and you have create more space both for for Dobbins, for other running backs, for Lamar Jackson running the ball. So th- that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, as, as the reinforcements come on the line, I think that's going to allow you to kind of do a, a little bit more of a different approach from the running game. Yeah, you know, and, and the Ravens are... Uh, J.K. Dobbins' speed to the edge is going to be... It, as long as it's the same speed as it was before, it, it's, I think it's going to have the same impact that it did, um, you know, when he was a rookie and it, it will it will allow you to stay in these tight formations but be a lot more threatening out of it so um it'll be good to see some of these guys come back so you know what do you think you, what do you feel like you saw on the defense you know i think mike mcdonald was somebody that we were curious what was going to happen with this and and i you know it doesn't seem like i mean we saw a, a few things but for the most part it was a pretty standard yeah defense. i mean it looked a lot like you know the ravens defense of old frankly i think there was less blitzing in this game um, and especially early on, I feel like a lot of the pressures came from four-man rushes, which is, you know, ideal. That's, that's exactly what you want. And I think Justin Matabike really showed what he can do, given the opportunity to kind of like rush one-on-one um, over a guard. You know, he was a lot of times lined up over um, Elijah Vera Tucker, who was a very good, highly regarded prospect. He's you know, going into the second year, I think he's one of probably you know one of the better young guards in the NFL. And and Matt BK kind of worked him a few times, um, and that's something that you really really like to see. And you know, between him and we mentioned Travis Jones coming back, um, I think you can get away with a lot more of that four man rush and not have to blitz as much. Um, and that's something that I think would be really really good for this defense. Um, you know, one thing that we also saw was some of the things, like the simulated pressures, and we've seen that from Wink in the past, but there was, there was one play, it was the play that Michael Pierce um, caused the forced fumble, and it was on a completion 10 yards down the field, and you might be asking yourself, why is Michael Pierce causing a forced fumble on a, on a play 10 yards down the field? Well, it's because he was asked to drop into coverage 10 yards down the field, um, and that's because they were doing this kind of simulated pressure where not only Pierce was dropping, but also Calais Campbell was dropping. You have two of your interior defensive tackles dropping into coverage while, you know, you have, like, a defensive back and, you know, an inside linebacker coming from different spots. And even though it was a completion, uh, they were able to, you know, get a, a good, you know, outcome from that from that 
play. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think we might see more of that type of thing against, you know, some some teams or some quarterbacks that are a little bit more, um, you know, dangerous, I think, um, to kind of trying to confuse them. So it's not just, um, you know, simple four-man pressure all the time. But I think, you know, there is room for a little bit more exoticness in this defense. And I'm excited to see kind of how that unfolds later in the season. Yeah, and we didn't see Flacco didn't really test the safeties deep. Um, you know, there there wasn't really, and, and without the all twenty two being released yet, I'm, you know, it's hard to say whether or not that was like a route design kind of thing, or whether or not he just wasn't willing to try it. But um, either way, that's a positive sign for the Ravens too, because um, you know that means that Marcus Williams is doing his job back there. We saw the interception, obviously, obviously the, that the wide receiver fell down on that interception making it a pretty easy one for him um but he was in the right spot and whether that receiver fell down or not he was he was going to be in on that play either way um and he was in the right place and it was good to see and and so it will be i am interested to see how those safeties end up getting deployed and when they do get tested deep kind of what that looks like and whether or not that kind of front rush can can be the ones to bail that out but it does seem like and it's been a while since it's felt this way but it feels like the front rush or the front seven or front four or whatever you want to call it generating that rush is going to be going to be one of the positive ones for the Ravens this year and it's it's exciting to see kind of back in the fold I'm I'm also optimistic that we're going to see that throughout the year yeah and there, I mean there were some some things that I thought were kind of just like run-of-the-mill um with the, with the coverages and I thought they were actually played more man than I was expecting um and it's hard to tell with like you said without the all 22 coming out yet um but just from what I was seeing on like the on the TV copy. It looked like they were in man a little bit more than what I was expecting, um, and to be able to kind of keep things in front of them, I, mean, I think they did have a lot of too high safeties, even though they were kind of still in, in man coverage. I think that's one of the reasons why you know the, the Jets didn't really take any shots over the top because they did a lot of too high. They didn't. They want I think cut down on those explosive opportunities. It was one of the things that really really damaged the Ravens' defense last year was some of those you know, over-the-top, big, explosive plays that they were letting go. And and part of that was also, um, you know, missed tackles on kind of, like, underneath things. But I think if they can remove that and, and just, you know, keep things underneath and, you know, force teams to kind of, like, slowly matriculate the ball down the field, that's going to be work to their, to their advantage for sure. Yeah, and Justin Houston also deserves a shout-out on kind of the defensive side of the ball. Just played a really phenomenal game. Good to see him show up. Good to see that he still he still got it. I think he's going to be obviously going to be a big part of this. Oh, I had a couple moments where he broke loose. Um, looked good, but not great. But, you know, Justin Houston's going to be a big part of this pass rush, I think, when it when it's all said and done this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, for what the Ravens are paying him, I think he's getting like $3 million or something. Um, that's a great bargain of, of a contract i know it's like a, a one-year thing he's not a long-term piece but he played well for them last year i think there's a chance that he really kind of like doubles kind of the production in terms of like the sacks that he had he was very close on a lot of sacks last year um but in this game you saw the kind of impact that he's still capable of doing um and between him and oa and then you know hopefully like we talked about we'll get a couple more you know guys back whether a job plays this year we don't know but um th- that's looking like a pretty fierce you know defensive front and it's i, I think you know you're not always going to be going up against you know backup left tackles um but there are a lot of bad offensive lines in the nfl and we'll, we'll see um you know next week i don't think the dolphins have the best uh you know offensive line that's there i think they're 
um, probably on the, the lower half of, of where you would rate them, and it might be another opportunity for this, this front to eat. Yeah, it, it should be it, it should be a good one to keep an eye on. So why don't we break down some of the plays that we saw and some things that were were interesting here? And you know, this is a play that you pointed out to me. You know, on the Lamar keeper, we we didn't see a lot of the counter bash and a lot of the creative. It didn't feel like there was a lot of creativity and kind of what the Ravens were trying to do, even in the run game. But there was one play where they did run the counter bash motion and they did it without a running back on the field. Um, and they did it with Duvernay. So it's, you know, I'm glad to see that, you know, it's nice to see that his role hasn't been completely redacted out, that the Ravens still trust him, that they think that they can use him that way. And, you know, I want to see more of that because the, the threaten, the ability to threaten from kind of different formations and creative ways um, is something that's going to really keep teams, I think, on their yeah, heels. Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier that play, I think it was the first play of the game, right, where, where Bateman came across and kind of like a jet, jet motion and you got the quick you know, quick hitter pass um, from that. I think, you know, seeing some of those plays will be really um, helpful um, just to kind of, you know, keep defenses honest. Um, And, you know, it harkens back to 2020. I think, you know, that down the stretch, the Ravens running game was counter bash. Like that, I mean, it was, it was not just counter. There's a lot of other, you know, kind of like gap um, scheme type of, of runs as well, but it was a lot of pooling and, you know, it, and Duvernay was used in that way. He was given the ball a few times. I mean, it was more Dobbins than Duvernay, but um, I think you know having his speed and having that threat is something that's going to help. Um, I don't know if it was you know intentional to kind of limit the number of r- design rushing plays for Lamar Jackson in this game. It was kind of fewer than I think both of us were expecting, just given you know the fact that we didn't really have the top tier running backs in it. Um, and we didn't really know exactly what the, like, the receiving core is going to look like. So we thought, you know, the Ravens might lean into that a little bit more. But it wasn't something we saw. We saw, I think, maybe two or three run plays for Lamar that were like, clearly, like, kind of designed um, either an option or, like, a, a zone read type thing. Um, and this one, obviously, was used in a critical situation. It was a third and, I think, three. So, you know, you want to definitely use those kind of plays in key situations where you really want to get that you know, first down. And, you know, we were able to convert. I thought Lamar took a little bit of a hit on it. That's not something you want to see. But um, hopefully, you know, sometimes that might turn into a big play, like we saw back in 2020 quite a few times when they ran that. And I don't don't know, maybe teams are a little bit more accustomed to seeing it. Um, But, you know, other teams are doing similar things. We saw the Bills run a very similar play in the week one with Josh Allen. So especially if, if, like I mentioned earlier, and you can get some of these lighter boxes, if Lamar Jackson hits one of those holes with a, in a light box, he might be gone. So I'm looking forward to seeing that happen later on in the season. Yeah, no, it, it is. It'll be interesting to see if the Ravens continue to keep the you know foot off the gas pedal in terms of Lamar, and then whether or not they open that up later in the year. Um, you know, to the Ravens' credit, it does seem like their approach and thoughts about injuries have been pretty significantly changed. You know, certainly with not rushing guys back, we didn't see any of Dobbins, Peters, Boyle, um, Stanley in this game when they all potentially could have been there um, and played. And so the Ravens being conservative with that, I think, is emblematic of that. So, you know, whether or not that's part of their strategy with Lamar and whether or not they cut him loose later in the year um, or closer to the playoffs or in bigger games when they know that they're going to need him. But, um, you know, keeping it off the, the game tape and keeping it off the film, I think, is is a good one. Um, 
you know, and, and we saw, I, I think what we did, what we did see then as a result of that were some, there were some other creative packages. I mean, we saw a lot of Andrews and likely on the field together, um, some different route combinations that we saw from them. And, and it was, I, I thought likely was just nervous, right? It was his first game, first game with Lamar, whatever, whatever that action was, it was raining a little bit and there were, but he was getting open. There were a couple big plays that, that he just didn't convert on, um, but the Ravens were able to use him effectively in a couple different situations, I thought, um, to create either mismatches or openings. And it looks like Lamar does trust him, and he kept trying to get him the ball, even even after those drops. So, um, you know, any plays in particular that you thought from, from likely stood so out to you? there was one play that was actually, I think, the... So I guess both of the two plays early on where he dropped the ball we could talk about, because I think they're both interesting in their own way. The first one, I think it was actually like a little RPO. It was kind of like an just a little inside kind of glance route um and you know he he was in pretty tight coverage and the ball maybe could have been placed a little bit better but that's the kind of play i think where he can be really effective um you know we've seen you know kind of hollywood be in that slot before and be that rpo target um in years past but you know likely has you know more size um and if he can use that kind of wiggle that he had in the preseason i mean i think he's going to be open on a lot of those easy quick hitters over the middle um and kind of like just a quick you know 10 yard gainer um and then if he can you know bounce off a tackle he might go a little bit further we saw his ability to pick up um some yards after the catch in the preseason so the other play was the second one um and this was i think an iso route designed for likely um so we had i think there was uh maybe andrews kind of clearing out over top and likely just did a little bit of an option route with like he kind of like juked the defender and he was very open for for what should have been a first down i think um there might have been a little bit of a miscommunication with him and jackson as to where he was kind of like settling down and i think that's why the ball was maybe a little bit behind him he had to kind of like turn around in his body to kind to go up and get it um probably should have caught it as well i would i would kind of definitely call that a drop um but i think those are the type of plays where we can see him and once he and Lamar get a little bit more chemistry a little bit more comfort level like playing those type of things more often to be you know a very easy kind of way to you know just pick up some chunk, chunk yardage um, whether it's just like 10 yards or getting a key third down conversion and that's what um, we can see Mark Andrews you know taking off some of that coverage and, and getting uh, the attention of maybe one or even two defenders and, and likely is on a one-on-one matchup and he's going to win that all the time. Yeah, it's you know, it likely is going to what was what was at least clear from the Jets approach is that teams are gonna make likely beat them early on, that there's not gonna be extra focus or extra attention that's gonna be paid to him just because of what he did in the preseason. And so what that says to me is that he's got likely he's gotta start to make the most of those opportunities because they those are gonna be the reads that are gonna be open, um, and those opportunities are gonna be there. But that also leaves some pretty big upside for what you might be able to get from him, you know, out of those situations. And, you know, we, but we also saw, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about Devin DuVernay earlier. He's, you know, able to utilize him really effectively, but Rashad Bateman also, I thought had a pretty fantastic game other than the one drop for the first down on the slant pass, um, you know, obviously going to, 
going to fit really nicely into that role and the double move that he was able to put or I don't know if I'd call it a double move but kind of the move that he was able to put at the top of the route when he created the separation on the touchdown pass um, especially when he was really the only receiver that was running deep when into a two deep safety look um, is a really you know that's a really effective piece of where I think the Ravens offense pa- passing offense can go um, and it's super exciting to see them kind of unleash that um, I think alternately, you know, you saw a, a lot, or maybe not a lot, but often the Ravens in that kind of bunch to the right tight and like three receiver type formation. And I thought they were really effective in that grouping. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we're going to continue to see more of that, but that allows you to utilize likely and Andrews and a wide receiver out of that. And also then potentially have somebody on the, the weak side of that formation that you're really creating stress for. Um, and so we saw that work really effectively in a couple different moments in this game in particular. Um, and it's going to, I think we're going to continue to see that as the season. Rolls yeah. On. Two, two big plays for the Ravens came out of that trips for, uh, formation um one was the second duvernay touchdown um where he um was in the bunch formation i think andrews was at the top of it and he kind of ran like a little bit of like a kind of just like a like a hitch in the middle of the field and he drew i think two defenders um because it was a third down i think it was a third and ten and he was basically right at like the third down marker um, and the defense keyed on him, and that allowed Duvernay, who released behind him, to kind of come on just like a, like a crossing route, a, a deeper crosser, and he got easily behind the one defender who was kind of isolated there. Um, and Lamar, I think, also deserves a lot of credit for this. I mean, you already mentioned how he did a good job climbing the pocket. He also did a great job of using his eyes to move the safety and kind of like grab his attention, and then it opened up an easy pass for for Duvernay to to come down with it so that was that was a really nice formation I think it was used there it was also used a second time um, on a big third down completion to Mark Andrews coming on a crossing route this time Um, he was um, coming on the other side of the field this time and he just got behind his his one man he was in man coverage and Lamar threw a beautiful pass and you know that was it and if you can get your best receivers isolated like that um, out of that type of formation that's going to prove to have you know dividends like every single time it's, it's used i think yeah no definitely and and i you know lamar threw the ball particularly they, that pass to andrews was a fantastic throw that he just dropped in the bucket right over the top of the defender i thought lamar had a few really good throws even the even the play that um Sauce Gardner defended against Mark Andrews was a really nice throw right on the spot, um, you know, over over the top of Gardner, maybe, maybe a couple yards short, like maybe if it was a little bit deeper, Andrews would have had a little bit better shot at it, but um, really nice to see Lamar throwing the ball so effectively, um, and awesome to see that deep pass from Lamar too, you know, not enough, you know, for all the people that want to criticize Lamar for, you know, where and how he's throwing the ball, yada, 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 um, that was a bomb of a throw. Um, you know, 50, almost 55 yards in the air um, from Lamar, and he hit Bateman completely in stride. Um, and so, you know, just good development, I think, that we're seeing from Lamar as a passer um, and continued dividends from his work with that quarterback coach, um, Adam mm-hmm. Dudeau. Is that how you pronounce his name? Um, and, and just been really... I think a really nice progression. Good to see, you know, overall for the Ravens. And, and nice to see, you know, three passing touchdowns for Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, like, across the entire NFL week one, he might have had the most impressive, like, touchdown kind of passing of all all the quarterbacks. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes had his five touchdowns. Two of them, were, I think, were really 
rest of throws too. But he also had two like super easy, like wide open, like you know, Lamar's throws were all much, I think, higher kind of level of difficulty. Um, Bateman was very open, but you know, he wasn't that open when Lamar threw the ball. That's you know, he was he saw him coming open and put a dime 55 yards down the field. Like that ball was right on target. He didn't have to break stride. It was perfectly thrown. Um, and, and then the ball to Duvernay, that was the one in the corner, the first touchdown. Wow. You, you can't throw a prettier pass than that. And for all the criticism like you mentioned that Lamar's taken, he throws an extremely pretty pass. Um, and he's not always perfectly on target. He had a few misfires here and there in this game, but like when he's dialed in and in those big moments, especially on those third downs, he was putting just perfect drop-in-the-bucket passes. And it, it was it was really good to see. And I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, something we're going to continue to see all season. He's, he could be in store for a really, really big year. Yeah, well, you know, on pace for, you know, 50 touchdowns right now. So, um, you know, we'll see what kind of pace that keeps up on. But Lamar has always been, you know, always been underrated as a passer when people are talking about him as, you know, didn't he his MVP year? He led the league in touchdown yeah. passes. I think, um, you know, it's it, it's going to be a it's going to be a part of his game and and you know his vision is is good. You know, the one thing that you just said about that the touchdown to Bateman that kind of made me think about this is Lamar didn't hesitate to throw Bateman mm-hmm. open, and I think that's been something that you and I have been a little critical of Lamar of that he waits till the guy gets open before he throws it, and sometimes the windows will close or they become really tight to the back of the end zone or wherever that is, you know, in those instances. So it's good to see that he's trusting a Bateman, has a sense of kind of what he was seeing in the defense and and really putting putting the screws to them and trying to kind of turn the pressure yeah, up. Yeah, and, and this game in particular, I mean, some of those throws, they were to covered receivers. And we, we've seen him do that to Mark Andrews in the past. He's very, he's very trusting when he throws to Andrews. But I think, you know, that throw to Duvernay, especially, I'm mean, going back to that first one, he was pretty well covered. Like, that was had to be put exactly where it was. Um, and and that's not your, like, wide receiver one. That's not your tight end one. That's, you know, you're the guy you probably haven't, He's only thrown, I think, what, one touchdown to him ever before? Maybe two. I think he had two. I think he had another one last year. Um, but that's just, you know, some next-level chemistry and trust in your receiver that I think we've not seen quite to that extent in the past. So it's good to see him getting there with all the receivers out there. You know, and, and one last thing I would say, we were all worried a little bit about the receiving talent, I think. Maybe not all, but there were some concerns about it. I don't think there's those, those concerns are there anymore. I think between you know, the tight ends, between Bateman looking like a true wide receiver one in this game, um, you know, he only had two catches, but that one catch, that was a huge catch, and he could have had a couple more. Um, I think those concerns are probably not going to really affect that. I mean, there might be times where they don't have, you know, the outside receiver who's going to like always win in, like, some difficult situations but I think you know with with Lamar's talent and what they have at the tight end position I think you have enough skill position you know talent to to be a successful offense for sure until you know you get some of these guys coming back um, and then you're even going to be in a better situation so I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how they can lean on the passing game until the running back I think is what is what I mean in terms of the reinforcements because when you get all the running backs and when it's Dobbins and Edwards along with those wide receivers, it's going to be really difficult to stop this offense. 
Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I, I think the defense was pretty vanilla overall in this game. Like we mentioned, there weren't, you know, other than some individual plays and performances, I don't know that there were standout moments for us in particular. But, um, you know, I'm just super excited to see kind of a game where <laughs> we don't have a ton to talk about. Like, it's it's nice that, that you know, e- even though it did feel like it was close early. And, I, you know, you could say the same thing about kind of the Rams and the Bills game. Um the, the Ravens were fully in control of this game start to finish. Um, nice to see that. It, it didn't, we, we certainly didn't feel that at all uh, in the 2021 season. And everything was kind of edge of your seat, super close, super tight, uh, et cetera. So I, I, it's nice to see a Ravens team kind of evolve. You know, what, what, are you, what are you looking forward to when you look at Miami and, and some of these games coming up on the schedule? Do you, you think that this, this performance that we saw from the Ravens is going to be a replicable one? Well, the Miami game is really interesting because that was a game where the Ravens really struggled last year. And, and that was a Thursday night game. It was in Miami. Um, so that adds a different level of complexity and difficulty, I think. But I still think that defense is, you know, they kind of gave New England some fits, and you know New England's not the most talented offense either. But um, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, does that Miami team try to do the same things that they did last year? Are they going to do throw those you know zero blitz looks and make the Ravens have the adjustments? If they do that, will the Ravens have the adjustments? I think that's something that is a is a real question mark going to that game, especially if we don't know the status of, of Ronnie Stanley. Can can the O line? Um, you know, handle the pressure and give Lamar the time he needs to find receivers if they're going to be in, you know, in, in kind of one-on-one coverage downfield. So that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, and I think it's kind of um, a big question mark at this point. Like, do we know how they're going to react to that type of situation? Yeah, I mean, it definitely definitely is a question. I think some of the Lamar got blitzed a lot last year and wasn't effective and needed to adjust from that is a missed narrative in the sense that Lamar didn't play a whole lot after that Miami game. It was it was I think it was a one off. I think they weren't prepared because it was Thursday. They were they were in Miami. Um, he played in the Pittsburgh game next, and then he was hurt in the game after that. And so. Um, there, there isn't, and you didn't see that from the Jets. The Jets did not decide to kind of yeah. ze- cover zero, bring the house, like apply that pressure. So I, I, some of that I think is just folks not remembering that Lamar didn't play the latter half, like the last quarter of the season last year. Um, it wasn't part of it. I do think it'll be interesting to see if Miami goes back to that strategy. But at home, I think the ball, the Ravens will be much better prepared for it. And a strategy like that is going to be much less effective when um, the crowd noise isn't there and, and it isn't part of it. And they're, they're going to be prepared for it as well. So, um, you know, I worry a little bit about the game more because Miami's got more talent and Waddle and Tyree Kill are really fast. Both of them are really fast. But, um, I mean, I think the Ravens are on the right path. It'll be interesting to also see if any of these guys come back from injuries um, in this game and what kind of impact that they're ultimately going to make. To me, you know, it's, it's all pointing to Buffalo, right? And, and everything is the prep for the Buffalo game, making sure that they are kind of fine-tuned, ready, healthy, all of those things, because at the end of the day, that's going to be, I think, a really big game in the standings. We, we saw all kinds of positive things happen for the Ravens from the AFC perspective. Colts taking the tie, Bengals taking the loss. Um, I think there's going to be extra scrutiny kind of on, on that Bills game. And it's, it's, it's nice this year that Kansas City's not on the schedule, but uh, it looks like it's, it's, our, it's the Bills' turn to have a big game coming up for the Ravens and for them to get tuned up and ready yeah, for it. Yeah, that, that will be a big game. And, you know, I, I'm sure that the Ravens 
aren't you know looking too far ahead like they're going to play you know one week at a time but it's hard to not think about that as, as a big game on the schedule the bills are um you know considered super bowl favorites um and you know they definitely looked at in their in their first week one victory as well so that's going to be a big one um you know th- i think for this upcoming week at least one of the things I and mean, we talked about you know the, the the cover zero stuff but i think is and it's really cliche to say this but it's it's just comes down to how the o-line plays and for both teams and can the ravens defense kind of manhandle the miami o-line kind of the way they did the jets o-line and vice versa can can the ravens offensive line hold up better than what we saw from them um in in last week or last year i should say against some of the better defensive units because you know lamar was one of the most pressured um and, and sacked quarterbacks last year um and you know I think the Ravens took a concerted effort to improve that. You know, they brought in uh, a, a Moses. They drafted a Linderbaum. Um, and you're hoping that those, you know, people that you brought in are going to make a difference for you in the games that really matter. And I think next week is when it's going to be the first real test against a defense that's that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know that I'm looking forward to it. It's nice to, like I said, it's nice to have an easy win under the belt to have not a whole lot to scrutinize or or really be terribly upset about. I thought the Ravens evolved really well throughout the balance of this game as well. Um, And that that it was clear that they were rusty, that they were tightening up, and then they were continuing that improvement. And I think that'll that'll be a good thing to keep an eye on next week as well to make sure that, you know, some of those improvements are happening. I, you know, I, from a player perspective, there weren't a whole lot of guys that I felt like, you know, needed to step up and, and be better players than they were. I think we need to see more from the running backs. Um, I'd say that the Drake and uh, Mike Davis weren't fantastic. Uh, they were much better, again, better in the second half, but we would want to see kind of continued track of that performance um, overall. And I think, you know, you mentioned this, you know, Kyle Hamilton, um, seeing some improvement there, but otherwise there weren't a whole lot of guys that you feel like, really underperformed or had bad games for the Ravens in this in this just yeah I mean I think overall it was a good performance by especially the defense I think on offense you know you mentioned there's some things that it cleaned up there are probably a few too many drops Uh, we'd like to clean that up especially you know Isaiah likely I think I don't know he was credited for two or three drops in this one but um, that's something that I think he's going to have to improve Um, and and I do think there's probably some jitters and the conditions weren't great and you know the throws probably could have been a little bit more on the money but um, I think you know overall as long as as this team can can execute well I think they're going to be um, a handful um, on both sides of the ball so um, yeah I think that's where where we're standing Um, if you feel good about the week one victory you feel good about the team going forward and um, you know, if, if there's anything to improve on, it might it might just be um, being a little bit more aggressive on first down. I think when we saw the, the the Ravens open up and pass a little bit more and kind of like early on and not kind of get on these first and down or first and ten run kind of every single time, I think that helped a little bit open up the offense as well. So that's something I'd like to see a little bit more of in, in the week two and moving forward. Yeah, and hopefully next week, well, not hopefully, but uh, we won't be in Vegas uh, celebrating a big Ravens win next week, so we're hopeful to be able to get that podcast out to you guys on Sunday night, um, try and get some of those plays posted that we think um, up on Twitter so you can see some of the video clips, um, at least from the broadcast version of the plays that we think are important and, and 
you know break these down a little bit better but uh for for this week it's a, a little too much celebrating going on and uh a little bit a little bit too much fun last night for me and gabe so um it was a lot of fun though big ravens win always happy on uh, a victory monday and so uh we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time in the situation room this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.